This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to bigheadsmedia.com for more great podcasts. Welcome to Magpies Unrestricted. Ladies and gents, and welcome to Magpies Unrestricted, where we'll be talking all things Newcastle United. I'm your host, Chris Simpson, and joining me, as always, is Cara Thistlethwaite. Hello! And we are it. Uh, we're at the end of the season. Listeners, that's it. 38 games done. Newcastle finishing fourth. Our highest finish since 2003. Didn't quite manage to pit Man United to third place in the end, but ultimately that didn't really matter. It was, it was a one-all draw away at Chelsea on the final day. And I think in general, Newcastle fans are going to be way happier with their team's performance across the season than the Man United fans. So you've got you've got that to take home. It was never a nail-biting experience as it has been for Man United. So, bonus? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's weird. I mean, obviously, I mean, let's face it, Man City will probably win the FA Cup. But... United could actually finish the season with third place and two trophies, um, which boggles them. I mean, I would obviously take. Uh, and obviously, they've finished above us in the league. They won four more games than us. But it, when you actually, you know, it really doesn't feel like, at least in the league anyway, that they've had a better season than us. Um, obviously, we scored. 10 more goals on them and we conceded 10 fewer I believe were the final numbers and therefore our, our goal difference was 35 compared to their 15 so I think that kind of shows a lot of how the two teams did get on despite yeah alright as I say they finished above us it doesn't really matter but yeah great season for us uh, shame we couldn't quite close it out with a win but again even if we had uh, because Man United beat Fulham we still would have finished fourth anyway um but it was nice actually Anthony Gordon giving Newcastle the lead early on nice way for him to end the season because I think I, th- I think he's been a bit of a you know like he came in with all this promise and then never really seemed to do anything but or but he wasn't bad I just think he was outshone by everybody else who who was playing so well for, for the Magpies at the time and then he showed his pace a couple of times but I think he, I think there was a Almost like he really, he clearly really wanted to do something. Mm. Um, and I think in many cases that led him to him making like the wrong or panic decisions. Hopefully now that he's off the mark, I know it's the end of the season, which is a shame, but hopefully that will give him some confidence going forward and it might start. But it, it shows that he's starting to click a little bit more with the squad, which, yeah. which is the positive. Because, I mean, we'll get on to talking about some of the individual players later on. But yeah, I think... Obviously, he's come in as a winger, and then you know we've had obviously Almiron's had a great season on the right wing, and then obviously in this back half of the season, Isaac really has kind of made that sort of almost left wing slot his own with Wilson being in the centre. Yeah, he's been so the star I feel this season, but yeah, which has then kind of left Gordon, considering obviously we spent a lot of money on him. Yeah, with um, kind of playing a something of a bit part role, and then as you say obviously been very very keen to impress but in some ways that's almost kind of hindered him a bit when he has been on the pitch but again a nice way for him to end the season unfortunately then a Kieran Trickier on goal 
uh, pulled things level for Chelsea. I think I think a draw was probably a fair result based on the chances that both sides had. I mean, Chelsea probably um, played their best game all season. Yeah, Dubravka <laughs> made a really good save. Uh, obviously, right at the end, Lewis Miley. Uh, again, nice to see another young player getting on the pitch for for the Magpies. And obviously, he clipped the top of the crossbar. Yeah, it's a shame um, for him. Really, that would have been such an amazing moment. But hey ho, you know these things happen. But it's yeah. great to see them being involved, as you say. I think the um, when you're in a comfortable position like Newcastle were, and it wasn't a really important game. Let's be honest. To, to get some of those young players out give them a chance at you know a Premier League match and get them that experience I think is is really important and it's something that we've been talking about for ages um, Newcastle trying to build up their youth squad and looks like you know looks looks like some of that is, is, is maybe happening I feel that the Magpies the fans especially really need someone to get behind who is from Newcastle. I'm not saying they don't get behind any of the other players, but I just feel it has that much more impact and, and importance to them. And I, yeah. Newcastle are that very much like town, city, club, even though Newcastle is obviously a, a massive city. It feels very much, it has the it has the, um, the atmosphere of like a very small local team um, with, all the, with all people like 100% invested in that team. So to have one of their own, as it were, in inverted commas, yeah. um, would we'll, we'll just make it bounce off the walls, especially if it's someone who can come in and make such an impact um, and play along the, the likes of our Jolinton and Bruno and, and and Isaac as well. That that would be really, really amazing for the club and, and would really show that they're growing as, I suppose, a business. Yeah, I think, um, as you say, like every... There isn't a single team in the country who don't love a hometown hero, obviously. Mm. But, um, yeah, if, if I may be so bold, I think nowhere is that more true than Newcastle. You know, we love a Kevin Keegan, an Alan Shearer. Uh, uh, you know, so many of our club legends were, you know, local heroes, as it were. That's the thing, you've got the history you know, of it more than... I think a lot of other clubs. Don't get me wrong. You've got Rooney for. Well, did Rooney? Well, no, he's no, just, he Rooney's a, a yeah, scouser. He is a well, scouser. he was even more of a hero for Everton, but yeah, but yeah, you've got like Gerrard at Liverpool, and yeah. obviously Spurs fans uh, with Harry Kane and everything. But Nugent, obviously. Um, <laughs> the Nugent. <laughs> but um, you know, as I say, well, I mean, with with United, you had more, you know, your, your Paul Scholeses and um, and that kind of thing, and, and your Gary Neville's, of course, but. Um, but I don't think I can't think of another team that has had so many local heroes in in living memory um, than than Newcastle. So and that's yeah, you're right. We haven't you know really we've had aside from Sean Longstaff and I guess to a much lesser extent Matty Longstaff briefly <laughs> under Steve Bruce. You know we, we haven't had much of that recently. Um, hopefully maybe Elliot Anderson. Um, obviously he has played a bit more this season and um, we'll see that because. That is going to be really important for us, I think, in the years to come. To when you know we are going to be in the Champions League season again. Obviously, there's always like talking about Neymar all this like rubbish, which isn't going to happen, I don't think. But at the same time, we are still going to be dealing in bigger and better players than we've been used to, at least for the last you know 15 plus years. I think it's always going to. Ha- it's always nice to have that local connection, especially as you mentioned. 
with Newcastle being uh, been somewhat unique um, in being a one-team city for a, you know a city of its size um, and what have you. Having that local connection for the fans, I think, is going to be really important as the club does grow and become it, more of this sort of it global, it. you know, name. It's going to ground yeah. the, the club a lot more. And as I say, if you exactly as you say, you're going to start bringing in more and more players, which you'll need to for the for the Champions League and, and stuff like that. You need to get that higher caliber, but you don't want it to become a Man City where or let's be honest a Chelsea or needed an Everton to an extent where you've just got loads of names um, who kind of play for themselves don't really know what they're doing together and then you've just lost the identity of the team there needs to be some consistency to make that team feel like continue to feel like Newcastle rather than to look like we scrapped all of the old here's all of the new and then we'll put them in I do think there needs to be some form of consistency and again teams like um, I mean we'll, we'll use Leicester Vardy he's the only one who can do anything at the moment um, but that form of consistency in, in the team like really does make a difference and it still makes it feel like you know your team exactly so I think that's going to be important going forward and um, yeah like I say so would have been an amazing moment for him right at the end of Lewis Miley but um, as I say I think one all was a fair result Um, but like I say in terms of the Premier League season like I say it leaves us in fourth place which is our first top four finish since 2003 and with 71 points that was our highest points total since 2002 so just to reflect you know when just how good (laughs) this season has been for you know the period we've had for Newcastle I say that 15 plus years well obviously in terms of top four and that kind of stuff you're going back 20 years but just generally you know from the the Mike Ashley era to present day you know we had one one good season really out of the Ashley era which is when we finished fifth which was great don't get me wrong obviously this is topped it now and again has been a bit more like you know the Newcastle of old um, and just yeah to reflect on where we've been in recent years I mean you know when Eddie Howe took over last season we had we played we had just five points after 11 games which is abysmal yeah it was pretty bad five <laughs> points in 11 games all of them draws you know, well, not that it, that doesn't really make it better or worse, I suppose, but you know, absolutely dire straits. We were nineteenth, and then for us to finish last season in eleventh because we went on, you know, we ended the season so strongly, and then to just carry that on through this season. I know, unfortunately, we had that that difficult patch in the middle of the season where obviously the form, you know, kind of dried up, and unfortunately, it, it happened to be in terms of the cup final at just the worst time because I think pretty much any other time of, of the season if that final takes place I think we honestly probably beat Man United um, yeah, which is a shame because obviously that would have been really the icing on the cake would have been to get to uh, to get a trophy as well our first since 1969 but again it was our first cup final since 1999 for that to happen alongside our best league season in sort of 20, 20 years 
um, yeah, it has been really, really amazing um, to be a Newcastle fan this season. Well, that's that's the that's the thing, isn't it? Like, where do you go now? The only the only real place to go is to get that silverware um, and to dust off that trophy cabinet a little bit. Yes, you've got Champions League football. That's great. You need to make the most of that. Also, you know, getting to like quarterfinals would be amazing. Yeah, it's going to be a wonderful journey next year. I think. Yeah, first of all, I mean, obviously, we'll have to wait and see who we get in the group. That won't be, you know, the draw won't be till sort of I think towards the end of August, um, sometimes. So we'll have a while to to wait there. And obviously, because we've not been in Europe much, we're not going to have a very high uh, UEFA coefficient, uh, as it were. But look, if nothing else, we're going to have we're going to be up against at least one massive team in the Champions League next season like a Real Madrid a Barcelona a Bayern Munich someone of that calibre mm. maybe even two of them depending on the seedings and, and how the draw goes obviously it would be amazing if we could get out of the group again this is all being said before we even know who we're going to get but the fact that we're even going to be in the group stage it's still going to be such a wonderful novelty which you know is weird because obviously we used to be Champions League regulars you look back 20 years when we were in the Champions League, or at least the UEFA Cup, uh, i.e. now the Europa League, you know, virtually every season. It was very rare that we weren't in at least one of them, you know. Um, but yeah, that's going to be really, really fantastic, having European football back at St James's Park again. Forget Anfield, European nights in St James's Park, now they're something special. The think, atmosphere is going to be amazing. I think now there's a lot more pressure though you've done this now there's a lot more pressure to perform um, the expectation is a lot higher and I feel that if you finish in the same position next season fourth with um, no trophies I feel like a lot of people feel that Newcastle haven't performed and achieved what they could achieve this is so out of the blue but now it's like okay you know the amount of consistency that Newcastle have has been excellent we should be expecting this next season and then of course you've got um, you, well, you need to get trophies yeah I'm, I'm not sure I'd necessarily agree that there's going to be more pressure at least not from the fans anyway I think we'll well who cares what pundits say um, <laughs> no because they will be like oh well you know it's a failure if you're not doing this this and this and I'm like shut the fuck up but <laughs> I think in terms of, and we'll we will see, I guess, with the board, and I think a lot will depend on, you know, obviously the money gets that gets spent this summer, which of course there will be a lot more available because Newcastle are in the Champions League. I think from a fan point of view, I don't think there's going to be any extra pressure on Eddie Howe or the team because I think for us as fans, a we're just especially next season, we're just going to be happy to be along for the ride, just being back there whatever happens and I think also for us I think and hopefully the board as well I think there's going to be that recognition that you know this is way ahead of schedule you know it's the players really did at least some of them really did perform above themselves this season and there is going to be that extra challenge next season of juggling the European football and the domestic stuff so I'm not expecting us to finish in the top four next season simply by by virtue of the fact that we're going to be in Europe um, you know what I mean mm. and I think also for the fans it's just really nice to just have a team that tries again because at the end of the day despite what all the pundits 
used to love saying all the time about how all we were just desperate for trophies, this, that, and the other. And obviously everyone wanted it, and it's been a long wait. But really, the main thing we ever wanted in the Mike Ashley years is a team that actually gave a shit and tried, and the people above them actually gave a shit and tried. And that was what we didn't really get for the vast majority you know, of the Mike Ashley reign. Well, we've talked about areas that Newcastle need to to work on and, and we've talked about positions where we think there could maybe be a little bit more depth. But again, I think this whole development of the whole infrastructure and the business side of it, the training grounds, the youth teams, the women's teams, I, I think all of that needs to work together. And I'm hoping that will be more of the focus next season rather than let's just stuff our whole squad with big names um, and it's more on the development rather than I, I guess how, what would you call it not self-promotion is not really it but you, you get my gist yeah we've got obviously a bigger budget for now for the summer I I, I saw the figure of a hundred million pounds banded about on twitter Obviously, we will see how it plays out, of course. And we are going to have to invest because we don't have the depth to just just deal with all the games, first of all, um, that extra workload. I mean, obviously, in theory, it might only be six extra games if we don't make it out of the group stage. But it's still that extra, you know, thing to deal with. Um, but, yeah, I, I hope as well that as much as, obviously, that increases our transfer budget... It, yeah, I hopefully we'll, we'll, we will also see it get reinvested in the other parts of the club, as you mentioned, in the women's team, in the academy, in, just yeah, in that infrastructure that we've talked about before that has been so neglected, you know, for fifteen plus years, because we kind of have to put all that the flesh back on the kind of bones that were left really of, of the club, because yeah. that was kind of all that was left by you know by the end. Um, but yeah, just to, to go back to actually this season though and again just to kind of revel one final time in, in just how good it was um, I mean yeah in terms of our final record played 38 won 19 so we won exactly half of our games we drew 15 and only lost 5 times all season um, obviously the draws were a little bit what you know killed us in, I say killed us, just in terms of finishing above Man United for example but I mean to only lose five times again from a team that were relegation candidates not long ago um, that's amazing 68 goals scored um, again that was our highest total for quite a long time and, and a good defensive record as well only 33 conceded which was the joint best record defensive record in the league alongside Man City who were champions I think that's really special mm. um it's a shame that we're having to share it with them. It's a shame Brentford couldn't. Maybe you just got one extra goal on the final day. No, no. But I, that, I think, shows you how good... You know, that really does sort of kind of cement how like good we've been in terms of... I mean, obviously, a lot of that was in the first half of the season. We obviously went through that tough patch in the middle. And, even, and then even in, in, you know, after we got back our form, we weren't quite as impervious at the back. You know, but all told, that's still a really phenomenal job that they've done. You know, Sven Botman's come in and had an amazing season. Dan Byrne's been great, obviously mainly playing at left back. 
Um, we've obviously spoken at length about Kieran Trippier and how good he's been and how much of an impact he's had. And the only actual original kind of member of the defence, regular member of the defence, uh, Fabian Cher, but he's made a really good partnership with Botman at the back. Yeah, they've both been excellent. Um, and obviously Nick Pope, primarily behind them, a little bit of Dubravka here and there, but mainly Nick Pope. You know, um, it, it showed, yes, obviously a lot of money was spent in bringing in obviously just really good players. But at the same time, you've got to give credit to Eddie Howe as well because, yeah, obviously it helps having the really good players to work with. But at the same time, he's still, him and his coaching team are still the ones organising that defence. And considering it was obviously um, an area of weakness that he had at Bournemouth, I mean, again, you obviously look at you know the personnel and, and the the budget and, and all that kind of stuff that he had to work with at Bournemouth. You know, obviously, I'm not like massively criticising Eddie Howe for this, but obviously during his sort of five years with them in the Premier League, they were consistently, obviously, you know, conceding a lot of goals. So, and that was always kind of the one one of the question marks about him coming to Newcastle and yeah so far as I say we've done um, a great job at the back I say it's been really fun going forward also yeah only, only uh, we sorry we kept 14 clean sheets only Man United kept more with 17 well yeah there was a couple of outstanding goalkeeper displays from Man United so annoyingly I feel like they didn't play as well as that stat makes it appear uh, at any point uh, <laughs> um, but you know, I suppose that shows their experience and um, the resilience of that type of player that, that, that Man United tend to go for you know that they, they, they really turn their season round so you know fair play to them I know we joke about it all the time yeah. but you know fair play <laughs> yeah exactly um, and then we just thought we'd uh, the classic end of season stat check um, just having a look at some of the individual some of the standout players I personally listeners it it satisfies my lizard brain to just see how many like goals and assists attacking oh he's terrible he's terrible on FIFA (laughs) all he wants to do is look at those stats all I want to do at the end of the season on on a career mode in FIFA is go right how many goals and assists everyone got obviously this is real life a player is not just defined by the numbers that they put out at the end of the season so just a, a caveat there, listeners. Obviously, you know, just because someone doesn't have that many goals or assists doesn't mean they didn't have a good season. Because to be honest, you'd be hard pushed to go through our team and not pick out a player that's had a good season. That's kind of all, the whole point of how we've done so well. But it's still just, again, it, it satisfies my wizard brain and hopefully it's maybe interesting to you guys as well. Um, but to start with, Callum Wilson, our top scorer, 18 goals and 5 assists in 36 appearances in all competitions. Um, for comparison, he got 8 goals in 18 games last season and 12 in 28 um, in his first season. And I think what immediately stands out, A, obviously it's his best goal-scoring season for us, but a big part of that as well is that he made 36 appearances in all competitions. Oh, so exactly, yeah. yeah compared, again... He literally played. He managed to feature in twice as many games as he did last season. And he actually—I know he didn't play a lot, but he actually went to the World Cup with England and all that as well. And that I think was really important for us. That actually, he was fit most of the time. You know, he was fit and available most of the time, which has been a big change from obviously his first two seasons at the club, mm. um, where you've kind of only had him for like half the season at best, sort of thing. 
Um, and it's not, it's been great for their, him to then be able to show what he can do when he is consistently fit, firing and in the team. Obviously, he did have a bit of a rough patch when the team did as well. But generally, he's had a great season. And again, at times, you know, um, after his difficult patch, he was left out a bit for Isaac and all, the, all this other stuff and very much managed to come back and re, you know, earn his place back in the starting eleven again. Um, and that, yeah, just obviously someone who absolutely loves Callum Wilson. It's been... I've, I've ate well this season. I mean, controversially, I would say that Isaac's actually had a better season. I mean... I don't think it's that controversial. I don't know if well, it's hard. It's hard to say because again, so Isaac ten goals, two assists in twenty-seven appearances for Newcastle. I'm not counting the couple he made for Real Sociedad at the start of the season before he moved over. Um, but again, yeah, he's one of those players who because I mean to be fair, Cam Wilson when he's not scoring and assisting, that Doesn't is a thing. Much, is how how yeah. much are you necessarily getting from him for the team? Isaac, like I say, I think considering. I mean yeah he made 27 appearances but he missed a huge chunk of the season with that injury and then it obviously took him quite a while understandably to really get going again and he didn't start all of those 27 appearances he was Um, on as a substitute for quite a lot of those I mean the same can be said for Wilson as well he didn't start all of those 36 but yeah he contributed so much in the the second half of the season Even, even in games when he wasn't scoring or assisting he was wreaking havoc down that left hand side He's so quick. He's tall. He's really like technically. He's so good on the ball. Um, I think we've really got such a gem. And again, he's only twenty three. He's such a gem of a player. I think. Yeah, big big shout out to him because again, it really difficult start to his Newcastle career. You know, those early months were obviously got getting that serious injury straight away. To come back and bounce back the way he has, and like you say, just force his way into the team and really gel with. With his teammates, who we you know would barely have had a chance to do that with before he got injured, I think is is a real testament to him, and I really yeah I I really look forward to seeing where he's going to go in the in the next you know few years because he, he's a he's a top class player and he's going to be a top class player. He's going to be your main individual, I feel, for um, goals. He's yes. going to be the one I think that you rely on a lot more. Um, and as you say, he's, he creates chances a lot of the time. Um, but what's really good is obviously you've got Almiron as well with his 41 appearances and 11 goals um, with four assists. So, again, a major improvement. His best season yet. Well, yeah, I mean, he- but spreading those goals, what, how many goals did you get in the whole season? Six, 68 goals and over 30 of them are scored by three players. And Almiron, I know he's an attacking midfielder, but he isn't a striker. Um, again I think he kind of had a bit of a renaissance and then kind of drifted off especially near the end of the season not saying he didn't participate just for the you know the goals kind of dried up for him towards from yeah. the middle to the end of the season yeah I mean I think he, his last goal for us was in March I think so yeah he definitely wasn't that, that purple scoring patch around sort of October time when he was just amazing and everything he hit went in Obviously, although we always hoped it would be, we never really thought that would be sustainable. Um, but yeah, I mean, again, for comparison, he scored one goal for us last season. Yeah. Which, admittedly, even for, even for him, I mean, he's not been like super prolific, but that was obviously pretty bad. 
yeah um, he really just didn't he just had no confidence in front of goal last season but again 11 goals 4 assists and obviously you know we talk as we've mentioned before the work rate that man puts in as well you you get a lot out of him but it's been it's awesome for him to have contributed so much going forward as well in terms of I know it's not all about the numbers but getting the numbers because I mean I can't really remember the last time Newcastle finished a Premier League season with three players in double figures I mean I'm sure in our seasons in the Championship we probably had a few players in double figures but not not the last time we had a top flight season um, so that I think has been really important for us um, and also yeah Almiron 41 appearances so again he's been kind of Mr Consistent in terms of playing almost every game uh, likewise Joe Winton, 40 appearances and again 8 goals 3 assists for him and again he's very much been playing just in midfield so not even really that attacking a role and again his best goal tally since joining the club his best season since joining the club he's actually made his price tag look worth it yeah because um, we had a lot of jokes about that last season anywho um, <laughs> him and Bruno in midfield have been excellent and obviously Bruno's also had five goals and five assists and again he contributes so much beyond just that as well yeah he probably contributes a little bit more than Jolinton I just think he's got a bit more of that um, attacking ha- vision as much as I, I don't I absolutely adore Jolinton now I think yeah Bruno he's, he's a more talented player as you say he's got uh, uh, Jonathan's a worker yeah. and, and in many ways weirdly I don't think he's more of a defensive midfield oh yeah I mean also <laughs> I, I didn't note this down but also Jonathan on the stats I should have written it down 13 yellow cards <laughs> he is absolutely the enforcer in this midfield <laughs> I mean he's a big lad to be fair he, yeah, he, he's uh, not small so he puts himself about but he, he's part of the reason I mean him and Bruno together they're part of the reason why we are such a bastard to play against as a team yeah well again I, I just think you've got those two just niggling you in midfield constantly yeah I, I feel that I say I feel you. again I do think that Jolinton has he's not your jazziest player but I do think he's taken this midfield role and he has captained this midfield mm. um, he might not have captained the entire team um, all the time I think he has done a few but he does play but like he's... he does play like a leader in the middle doesn't he? and him and Bruno together kind of like... yeah but again Bruno's one of those ones he's always looking to go forward which is great there's yeah. nothing wrong with that that is his job but I feel that Jolins has got that more round um, more all rounder sense mm. he knows what's going on he knows he will throw himself at a player and get a yellow card for the good of the team yeah I mean don't get me wrong some of his tackles have not been for the good of the team they've just been appalling um, <laughs> but he, he has taken that role and he has made it his own which is just so I'm, and I'm, I'm really I'm really pleased for him because it must have been absolutely soul destroying last season and probably the season before yeah. but he has really really pulled pulled it out of the bag and he's got eight goals to to show for it, three assists, and he's to be honest, I know we've not got his defensive stats here, but it'd be really interesting to see how many tackles and and what his tackling um, percentage of success rate is, because I reckon it, it's pretty high. And as you say, it's definitely one of the reasons you're so difficult to get back to, because Jonathan rules that midfield with an iron fist and yeah. organises everybody else around him. And I mean, Joe Willock as well not a defensive um, midfielder hasn't I don't think he's had as much as a shock impact as he he, he did in his first season still you know regular 43 appearances 3 goals and 6 assists I, I, 
not had a bad season but he could probably do more I, th- I think certainly in terms of goals I think um, yeah I think him and I've not written I've not got long staffs, stats down actually but I think the two of them like so many chances seem to fall to them and then like, and yet they do nothing and then uh, yeah are you uh, are you actually saying in fact you're not actually saying because it's true that Jacob Murphy has actually scored more in less appearances oh no in the same number of appearances <laughs> So when it used to be Murphy not being able to convert any chances, I mean, don't get me wrong, Murphy. I mean, oh, yeah. I know, I know, but you can't now just just blame it on Murphy. <laughs> but yeah, I think we'll. I'd love to see a few more goals from him. I mean, again, it was never sustainable that purple patch he had when he we first got him on loan from Arsenal. Again, that was obviously not going to be sustainable. But I think we know that he can do a bit better than three goals in a season. That again being said, six assists, I think is. is it shows that he, he's, again, contributing a lot more. And again, he contributes a lot more than just goals and assists. And again, he's had a good season. They all have. Yeah, I, I just but, think he, he, yeah, he could do better. I think that's um, definitely something that we can hopefully get a bit more out of. But again, it's important to remember he's still a pretty young player himself. And he is, he's a very hes a very willowy little lad. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think maybe in... I think Newcastle's got almost a bit of an old-fashioned midfield at the moment. It's big and it's bruisy and there's like one or two outlets. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then the, the forwards. He's going to have to work his way into that midfield to make his game better. And I don't think he's got there yet. But again, he's only a little... He'll get there. And with players like Jollington and Bruno, obviously Bruno will be an outlet. He just needs to figure out his I think his positioning a bit more when in terms of attack never mind the finishing at the moment let's, let's just focus more on the assists because he is excellent at that mm. but I think he just needs to get himself in the right place at the right time a bit more provide that extra option for Bruno or for Jonathan hitting it out of the back and just to pair up more with with Bruno but and, and Isaac because they've both got pace yeah and actually well yeah speaking of pace um and someone who we know can contribute a bit more. Anson Maximan, 31 appearances, one goal, five assists. Obviously this season he was not as important for us as he has been in recent years. I mean, again, he pretty much carried us through the Steve Bruce years. Um, and obviously this season we've seen him kind of fall out of uh, regular contention. He's not been as important. And and I think with reason, you know, good reason in terms of you know when he has been on the pitch... He often hasn't contributed as much as we know he can do. He's a bit of a solo player. But, I mean, that all being said, again, five assists, I think, is pretty good. Again, considering, you know, he, he wasn't a, as regular a player as, um, you know, some of his teammates. Again, also the fact that, you know, the second half of the season in particular, Isaac really, as, as we mentioned before with talking about um, Anthony Gordon, you know, Isaac really kind of made almost that left spot his own in terms of like kind of front three almost with you know Almiron on the other side and Wilson in the middle but uh, you know there has been a lot of talk about you know whether Sam Maximum might go over the summer but you know we've got Champions League football next season we're going to have extra games to play we need as much depth as we can get and he is a really talented player I, I would I I hope we give him at least one more season because we know what he can do and it helped even in this season there were still some flashes of classic San Maximum when we played Man City early on I think when we drew with them 
uh, what was it when we drew with them like three or something early in the season and I mean I'm pretty sure Sam Maximan gave Kyle Walker PTSD that was one of the that was individually that was one of the best Newcastle perf- um, player performances of the season yeah so we know that he can do it it wasn't as consistent um, so I, I hope we give him at least one more season um, because like I say I think we, we need as much depth as we can get next season and again it's not a bad player to have coming off the bench running at people is he so no I, I hope um, we see a bit more from him next season and that he can do well because again we know we know what he can do and certainly in front of goal like I say five assists is nothing to be sniffed at I think one goal um, you know I'm, I'm, I'm sure he could probably do a, a bit better there but um, I, yeah I mean <laughs> Jacob Murphy four goals two assists this season again in 43 appearances and it's you know when you think how well Newcastle have done for a player like Jacob Murphy and no disrespect to him but someone who frankly sometimes you think maybe if he wasn't a Newcastle might be in the championship you know he's he had a great season I have to hold my hands up I mean I'm just saying not saying like four goals two assists is like some sort of amazing return but again considering that most of the time his shots are almost like magnetically attracted to the mm. post but <laughs> that's I mean, actually not bad creates... but he's contributed so much he works again he works really hard he, cre- he creates chances because gonna, he runs again he's going to um... be a really useful body to have in there next season mm. like I said his level of performance again he's, he's one of these players that Eddie Howe has really got performing above themselves but again, if he can if he can do it again next season, if he can go again, then he's he's proved his worth in the team. Very true. So you know, fair play to Jacob Murphy. Hats off to him. And again, we've spoken at length about Kieran Trippier, but uh, one goal, which was that free kick against Man City, but ten assists <laughs> and just created a phenomenal number of chances. What a player! Again, we spoke at length about him last week with the the player of the season nomination and everything. So I don't need to necessarily like rehash all that, but what a player, what a leader. I feel he's probably been consistently Newcastle's best player. Yeah. I mean, he's not as flashy as some of the others, but um, without Trippier in the team, Newcastle looked like a, will look like a, because he should play that many. Um, oh, again, sp- I mean, speaking of Mr. Consistency, yeah, 46 appearances. Yeah. Um, more than... Anyone Any, else. Basically like anyone else. Um, but yeah, without him and the team, Newcastle will definitely look a bit more vulnerable at the back and in the midfield because the amount he contributes there. But hey, you know, we've, we've been there, we've done that. He's a great player. He's been excellent. And he's going to be super important next season with that Champions League experience as well. Mm-hmm. Obviously, that you know that he's got having played for Spurs and Atletico Madrid. And obviously just his general, just like, just top level experience with England as well he's going to be really important in that dressing room again next season um, and especially you know if we do obviously get new players through the door if any of them are sort of really big bollocks he's going to keep them in line as well uh, I mean and to be honest I think we all will I can't see Joe Winton or Bruno or any of the others like suffering any fools you know uh, and hopefully or even Eddie Howe to be fair but I, I I don't think we're going to target that kind of player I think we're going to be very careful about the personalities we go for I don't think we're going to be signing for example any Neymars why do you even bother signing Neymar he doesn't play you know but he just gets injured <laughs> well especially when his sister's birthday is uh, coming around every year mm. but but look yeah what a season it's been what a season we've got to look forward to next year obviously I feel like I can't not mention it 
you know, always remember why this is happening, and it does take obviously a bit of the shine off for me. Um, and it's something obviously we've got to, you know, just got to keep, you know, keep questioning, keep keep in mind when this goes on because we also unfortunately we kind of know what's also allowing it to happen and as I say don't get me wrong it's been such a good season it's been so fun it's been you know the best Newcastle season I can remember you know for so long um, and obviously that's the same for all of us um, but that doesn't mean that obviously we should be cheering for example on the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia regardless of what the owners do for us Um so one last mention of that for the season and yeah that is it for the season yep and well listeners actually that's that's it for us as well this is going to be our final podcast not just for the season but overall actually uh, for us uh, this is going to be it for us this is our final episode I don't know when New Ca- uh, Magpies Unrestricted is going to be back but keep an eye out on your podcast feed wherever you get your pods from and we wish the best of luck to whoever takes over for next season uh, but we've had an absolute blast the last couple of years it's been a wild ride it has indeed um, on and off the pitch I mean everything that's happened with Newcastle it's been bonkers to say the least it's still crazy to think that when we started this Steve Bruce was uh, still in charge and it's insane but yeah it's been a hell of a ride listeners thank you for being with us every step of the way and yeah, for one last time, we've been Magpies Unrestricted. I've been your host, Chris Simpson. Thanks, Cara. No problem. And as always, thank you, listeners. Bye. Bye. This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to bigheadsmedia.com for more great podcasts.